Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 44. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your Filler Up book today. It's free at CarsYeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am extremely excited today to introduce my special guest, Adam Hammer. Adam, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yeah. Let's put the pedal to the metal. All right. Now, that's a great response. Adam owns and operates Hammer and Dolly Auto Restorations in Traverse City, Michigan. This McPherson College graduate opened his business in 2012 after extensive work in shops specializing in Rolls-Royce Ghosts, Packards, and Duesenbergs. Adam loves all kinds of vehicles, but his passion is with pre-war vehicles, primarily full classics. He is dedicated to preserving the classic car hobby by caring for and restoring the classics so their stories can live on to educate and ignite future generations. His motto, your classic is our passion, says it all. So Adam, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you please take some time and share more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles. Sure. When it came time in high school for uh, me to decide my future, as in uh, pick a college, decide what sort of career path I wanted to go, it was a time where I was sort of reflecting on myself and what I really loved to do. It finally came down to that, you know, working in the garage with my dad and, and working on cars was was what I loved. And, and of course, while I had worked at mechanic shops, you know, the the whole idea of modern mechanic and what I'd like to call is say part swapping just didn't really jive with with my whole mentality as I as I approach cars and, and automobiles. I'm uh, you know you know much more uh, looking forward to the artistic side, the craftsmanship side of automotive aspects. So for me, I sort of wanted a blend of uh, engineering and uh, hands-on work. Um, that I didn't necessarily see in a standard college platform until I found McPherson College. Fast forward four years uh, through college and internships with, you know, uh, world-renowned shops, going to Pebble Beach and Amelia Island and uh, judging at shows and just sort of getting this great wealth of knowledge while I was there. I'm now in the career world to say that, you know, I've, I've truly found my passion for cars in uh, the collector car industry. Now I get to wake up every morning and, and come to work and, and tackle the each day's new challenges, and uh, it's, it's exciting. Well, your story is wonderful in many ways. As we were saying in our pre-show chat here, a lot of the guests on Cars Yeah are older people who maybe went through a transition later in life. They were successful, but their career wasn't in the field of their passion, and they switched and got into their field of passion. In your case, you knew at a pretty young age what you wanted to do. You found McPherson, and you took that leap and did it. And that's what's so exciting. I'm going to ask you in a minute about a success quote, but before I do, 
What made you think that you could actually make a leap that fast? What gave you the inspiration or uh, the boldness, if you will, to go, you know what, I'm just going to take a leap. I'm going to go to this special college, go out and get a little bit of experience, but start my business at a young age. Was there something that told you, I can really do this? Or was there something else lighting your fire there? Well, I really love working with my hands. And I love the engineering. But, you know, you combine those things and you sort of go, you can take those to a a new level in the collected car industry. And you can apply the love of, you know, sometimes you have to, um, you know, fabricate a fender, but you don't even have a fender. So you have to see it. And so that's where my interest in artistics and craftsmanship applies to building a car. And then you've got the engineering side. Well, you know, you've actually got to make it fit and you've got to make the engine run, and you've got to make all the components of the car to perform at their absolute optimal level. The collector car industry was the was the route to do that. And honestly, uh, going into college first year, I said, well, you know, here we go. It was sort of just a gut feeling that I said, okay, now this is, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to be, like all college students, they get in somewhere and they say, well, this isn't quite it. I had the very same doubts to say that, well, this may not be it, but figure it out if, if it's not. Uh, for me, it just fit. I had this, this gut feeling and I decided that I'm going to make it work. This is going to happen for me. I think with a lot of people who are looking for the passion in their life, when they finally see it or can almost touch it, they decide, yep, this is this is going to be what's the rest of my life, and I'm going to make this happen. And that, and that's just sort of the approach I took at it. It wasn't necessarily a haphazard idea that I just wanted to go do it and didn't sort of calculate anything, but it was uh, just a gut feeling that this is what I, what I was uh, destined to do. Well, so often going with those gut feelings are really important in following them, so I commend you for following yours at such a young age and, and sticking to it. As we continue on your journey, Adam, I'd like to start with a success quote, a saying that's been instrumental in forming your success in your life. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Adam, take the wheel. When I had interned for a Rolls-Royce repair shop uh, the summer after my freshman year of school, I, uh, I saw a quote sitting behind uh, the shop owner's desk, and it was from Sir Henry Royce. In Latin, it is quidus recte factum quamius humile preclarum. And hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad. But what <laughs> it translates to is whatever is rightly done, however humble, is noble. And uh, that sort of drove me to say, okay, Sir Henry Royce, he built phenomenal cars, but he had it all along and say, this has to be, I'm going to build an excellent car and I'm going to do it you know, with uh, humility and sort of approach it to say, this is what's driving me, is just to build a car that operates supremely. His, his next quote that I found uh, along the way, strive for perfection in everything you do. Take the best that exists and make it better. And when it does not exist, design it. There again, the two quotes that probably hit me every single day, you know, when a car comes in, is just, okay, I'm going to, make this, I'm going to do this job well, I'm going to do it right, and at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to smile, and, you know, the customer is going to be happy, and and they'll feel that they've been treated well. And then at the same time, you know, their car goes out with the most detailed 
attention that I can give to it in, a, in attempts to reach perfection or in attempts to produce something for this client or the car that is worthy of it because I feel the customers do deserve to have excellent cars, regardless of what it is. I mean, it could be a Duesenberg, it could be a Model T, or just earlier today I was test driving an original AMC Rambler. Really, it doesn't matter to me uh, what the car is, just how the how it makes the customer feel. And I think that these quotes resemble the way I approach every single car. Mr. Royce is so well known, for, of course, for his motor cars, and those are two quotes I'm very, very familiar with, and those are great examples. And you answered my next question of how you incorporated those into your business and into your life and your passion for cars. And he was a tremendous mentor for all of us who want to strive for perfection and try to be the best and do the best that we can. So those are fabulous quotes to live your life by, especially if you're a car person. Would you share with us a story that really instigated your passion for cars Tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy. I can say that I've always loved cars. I mean, as a kid, I was building Legos and playing with Matchbox cars or Hot Wheels and, you know, racing them around on the floor. You know, my dad had a go-kart. He raced with my brother, and uh, we went to the racetrack, you know, Friday or Saturday nights and watched a couple of friends run their dirt modifieds out on the East Coast. I mean, it was always very car-related uh, upbringing, especially with my father's influence. I would have to say that, you know, what what really just got me into to, to work on cars was probably just being around it. When I was 14, I bought my first car. It was a 94 Ford Ranger, and uh, I had to fix it. You know, I had to do some work on it, and it was just, you know, me and good old dad using the tools, turning wrenches and figuring out how parts fit and how to hold a wrench. Uh, that's that's something you don't think is an important an important piece of information, but if you're kind of holding the wrench backwards, it's not going to work for you. <laughs> you know, there's just all that all that learning that's going into your into uh, at least my upbringing that I think it was always just wh- whether I chose this as a as a career or it was a, a hobby of mine it was definitely part of my blood. I believe it was Henry Ford that had a quote about doing what you love, that way you will never be going to work every day. And it sounds like you figured out what you loved at a young age, and now every day, although some days I'm sure are a challenge, but you go in and you're doing what you love, so that's great. So Adam, what I want to do now is take a look at the roads that you've driven down and, and really crawl under the hood and get your hands a little dirty. Would you share with our listeners a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced that really pushed you to a breaking point? And more importantly, how you overcame that situation and what did you learn from it? Well, this is a this is a really good question and a tough question as well. You know, I've I've been faced with a lot of challenges um here and there personally and then, you know, externally. You know, I, I've been blessed with a lot of incredible opportunities. So each one of those brought on some challenge that I had to overcome. Probably the first lesson that I learned, I was in California working on a Duesenberg as an intern, and this Duesenberg happened to be going to Pebble Beach at the end of the summer. Ooh, pressure's on. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I felt it. Uh, literally, the entire day I was working on it, I was uh, nearly shaking because I knew uh, if something happened, I was in huge trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that day, you know, I was incredibly nervous. I had to put spark plugs in. Simple, you know, common thing that anybody could do on any car, regardless of it. The uh, the socket and extension wound up fa- falling off my ratchet. Uh, for whatever reason, the detent in the ratchet wasn't as good as I would have liked or anybody else would have liked, so it just fell off. It hit the exhaust manifold, chipped the ceramic coating, and then landed on the fender. Oh, no. A tiny little dent in the fender. So this at this point, you know, I'm uh, 19 years old and, you know, staring at this uh, beautiful, gorgeous Duesenberg, and I just, I felt sick to my stomach, you know, and even, you know, my boss, he he kind of laid the pressure on pretty thick at the time. I almost wanted to just go home and crawl in bed. You know, the more I got thinking about it, I kind of got over it, and, and it was at that point that I realized stuff is going to happen. Regardless of the scenario or the circumstances, you just have to sort of accept what is and learn to overcome and understand there's a way to fix it. You know, where there's a will, there's a way. That's an extremely common saying. Well, you just have to understand what's going on and fix the problem. For me, the fact that the ratchet, you know, the socket and extension fell off the ratchet, uh, what I could have done next time was, you know, make sure that all worked. Well, you know, as well as I would have liked. Once it happened, just say, okay, well, how are we going to fix it? Rather than getting all wrapped up in myself and saying, okay, well, this is this is the most awful thing that could have ever happened. Uh, it, it's just a way to say, well, you've got to now you've got to forget about what happened and understand how to fix it. And even today, you know, things happen. Nobody's perfect. And as long as you understand the processes around a car that go into restoring a car from front to back, you'll be able to come, you know, overcome whatever circumstance may occur and fix the problem. And and we did wind up fixing the problem. And the car, you know, went on to win first in class at the show. We couldn't have been happier. It it, it was just uh, at that moment I didn't. I panicked. I was panicking, and, uh, oh, yeah. and now now it's a lot different. Now I can say, uh, you know, all right, well, you scratched the paint, but you know, it's just a surface scratch. We'll be able to buff that out or whatever, and and it's not a not a big issue. But yeah, that was a huge learning experience. I'll bet it was, and everybody listening was on the edge of their seat going, "So what happened? So what happened?" But the fact that you went on to yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you went on to Pebble Beach and won won the class. Um, that's a marvelous story, but boy, the moment that happens, and we've all been there when we've been working on a car, most of us not on a car going to Pebble Beach, but something that's special to us, and we drop a ratchet or a tool or bend over and scratch something with a buckle or whatever it might be, and you, your heart just sinks, and you think it's the end of the world, but uh, your story tells us it's not. You can overcome it and learn something from it and move on, so <laughs> it's a great story. Adam, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. Would you share a story with us when you had a real aha moment in your business, a time when you realized that an idea or concept you had was really going to make it, and it could be in your career path as well. Tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Given my business is pretty young, we're we're sort of on the... uh... We're we're on the stepping stones to building a business that is uh, successful and reliable and and, uh, built in the the local community and region that people recognize as a place to go to. 
and uh, you know we're we're always working to hone our services so that it's more most efficient and I mean even coming down to selecting the people that I work with and things like that. I mean these are daily challenges that I'm that I face. And as far as entrepreneurial it was when I decided it was when I decided to open the business. I had been working for a few body shops. Uh they needed some people to finish up some project cars they took on. You know, they always take a, a classic car on for a paint job or something like that. And I had been bouncing around and utilizing my skills and, you know, sort of pushing the toolbox to the next job until I decided, you know what, I, I can maximize the efficiency and with, with which I, these customers, all collector car customers, are treated and how their cars are handled and serviced. Uh, at least in my region, not you know, not necessarily nationwide just yet, but in my local region, I know that there's a better way. And that's when I sort of took the leap of faith and decided that I would go into business for myself. It's a great story, and it's a great lesson for young people especially, or anybody at any age, is to spend some time either as an intern or working in, a, in someone else's business to learn from them. And as you saw, you thought, you know what, the way that they're doing this it could be done better. And you learned some really valuable lessons that you would have learned later if you'd started your business very quickly, but you were able to learn at their expense, really, and apply those to your business. So that's great that you saw those opportunities at a young age. Let's have a little fun here. What was your first car, your first special car, and what kind of fun or great memories did you have with that vehicle? Well, the the first car... I mentioned before is a 94 Ford Ranger, and I uh, still have the car. It's sort of gained its entry into the family throughout the number of years that it's. I've had my foot to the floor and going through gears, but my dad and I had purchased the vehicle, and we fixed it up, and it was just a standard V6. But, you know, I sort of got at the itch after my freshman year of college. I decided, well, it needed a V8, six cylinders, just not enough. <laughs> of course, you can never have too much power. No, you can't. So I, you know, doubled the horsepower and built the engine and built the transmission and put it all together. And, and you know, even today, it's uh, still a car that I love to get in and, and horse around. And it's been uh, across the country, uh, from Kansas to California, back to Kansas to New Jersey, back to Kansas. I don't know who knows how many times, at least at the beginning of every school year and at the end of every school year. You know, we're at the 60,000-mile mark just on my rebuild of my new engine and transmission and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I quoted my wife in the truck, and, you know, that was uh, found out if you hit the gas just right at the right time, she starts to giggle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now there's a good trick. Yeah. And uh, to get a little laugh out of your girl there, it's uh, it's pretty fun to know that they're having just as much fun as you are with uh, with your... (laughs) That's great. That's great. It's still around. I, I can never, I can never bring myself. Although many times it may sit, uh, I can never bring myself to move it along to the next owner. It just sort of has that uh, place in my, in my heart that uh, I'll probably have it for quite some time. Oh, that's great. Is there a car that you've had that you really wished you hadn't sold? And I know you're a younger person, so a lot of cars probably haven't passed through your hands yet. But has there been one that you really wish you still had? I've only sold one car. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that was that was a 95 Chevy truck. It was a diesel, and I had done a lot of work to it, but um, 
you know, I just I needed something bigger and better. So that was it, really. I mean, I've had I, I had the Ranger. I have a Jeep, a big Ford Dually now. After I sold the the Chevy truck, and um, you know, of course, uh, there's a handful of projects you know waiting in the wings for me to uh, to work on and stuff like that. But uh, that's been the the course of my vehicle ownership. Sure. And I I like to hang on to them and, and keep them and, and fix them up. I'm not one that really uh, has a rotating collection of cars, although, you know, you wouldn't necessarily call it a collection, just be your cars. <laughs> well, I'll have to call you back in 20 years and when you've had a little more time under your belt and find out if there's some cars you've had and sold. But you mentioned projects, and that's my next question is, is there a current project in your shop right now that you guys are working on that you're really excited and fired up about? The big project for us right now, I'll say the one that, that's really going to be our flagship car for some time and we're going to put our stamp on, is a 56 Nomad. It's a it's a dual four-barrel V8 power pack car. It's just got all the bells and whistles. And uh, it's the first full restoration that the customer and the customer said, uh, you know, I want quality over quant- over quantity, and I want, uh, I really just want the best car that you can build. And that's what we're shooting for. We're getting down to the nuts and bolts and the finish and uh, really producing the car the way it was meant to be. And then uh, adding uh, some other things, like just making sure that everything's reliable, that it's it's running. It's going to run well. It's uh, going to go down the road and do 2,000 miles if you want. I know he's been a participant in the Great Race before, and they do you know 2,000 miles in 10 days. And that to me is a car that I want my car to go on that Great Race without a hitch, with, to, for the customer to feel absolutely uh, rock solid in that car. So that's that's a project you know I'm feeling uh, pretty psyched up about. Um, we have an Aston Martin DB2 here that I'm doing some uh, metal finish, refinish work on it. Uh, 1970 Porsche 911 we're doing a mild restoration on. You know, all of these cars are sort of uh, a first for the business because we're only uh, two years old. You know, we're getting into a lot of the first, first, first of of everything. And uh, we've done a lot of maintenance and, and repair work on a lot of things, but to go in-depth on on some of the cars, like a full restoration, you know, all that takes time. So anybody who's waiting in the wings to see what comes out is going to be waiting a little while just to, uh, because restorations take a lot of time. Good things take time. And I know you have a website, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but can people go to your website now and see the projects that you're working on, or do you put them up there after you've finished, or are there works in progress there? There are works in progress there. The Nomad, for one, is up on the website uh, at com under the Projects or Portfolio section. We try and update it as we go along. So there's some current photos of the 1979-11. There's some current photos of the Nomad as of, uh, I want to say, a week or two ago. There's other projects that we've finished, or maybe we've just done mechanical work, but it, it represents an element of the business that says, you know, yes, we can handle a Jaguar XK140, can handle a Fiat or a Ferrari Dino. You know, these are the types of cars that, you know, we'd love to have here and we'd love to accept here. 1930s Packards, yeah, you bet. Go ahead, bring it on in. Certainly be capable to handle those at this point in time. 
Here's an interesting question for you, Adam. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> this is difficult because you have to think about the car not just as it looks, but also as how it runs and sounds and drives and all that kind of stuff. You know, a Duesenberg has always stuck into my mind. Uh, when I got the first ride into Duesenberg and first heard it and saw one, I was literally blown away. You know, there's, they're just long and, and sleek and, you know, they have curves and shape, but they're, you know, massive vehicles. Um, but then, then again, they're also very tame. Um, you fire up the, up the engine, it just sort of purrs along. Unless, of course, you want to make a little noise and uh, you open the cutout. And there's an exhaust cutout on the car, and it just you just got rid of the muffler. It's like a you know somebody just opened up the engine. <laughs> <laughs> straight pipes. Straight pipes. It's a marvelous sound. Um, and just the, the car as a whole, it's engineered well. Everything works as it should. You know the the Beecher system automatically lubricates at every hundred miles. Uh, it's like got a light at eighty miles. It tells you. It's about to lubricate, and then at 100, another light comes on, and it says, we're lubricating. All the function of the car, and that it, it's just, it was built to be just a, a marvelous masterpiece of engineering, and at the same time, luxurious and comfortable. That's what really, um, really sticks out in my mind. Sure. Not a bad choice at all. Okay, Adam, this is one of my favorite parts of our talk. It's I call it the last lap, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Uh, Sure, yeah, let's try it out. Okay, here we go. What is the best automotive advice you have ever received? Use the right tool for the job. <laughs> That's a good one. Can you share with our... <laughs> I like that. Would you share with our listeners a personal habit of yours that you believe contributes to your success? I'm extremely focused and determined. To me, can't is not in, or can't or cannot is not in my vocabulary. So for me, uh, it's, it's a never-ending drive to succeed, to produce, to um, be at the absolute top of my game. And while sometimes, you know, I fall uh, short, it's it's a learning experience for me. So I get to build on that, continue driving forward. That's great. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you're really fond of, perhaps a website? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I go through all kinds of uh, websites and suppliers and you know the the one that I've I've seen on occasion when I do uh, get my head out from underneath the hood or something, uh, <laughs> I uh, I'll try and catch uh, Petrolicious and they have a collector series where they highlight a, a certain type of car, and uh, the videos they do are just uh, incredible. They have great videography. They have a great wealth of information. All of their collectors generally seem very good at providing information. Just the other. I'll say maybe a month or two ago, there was a Petrolicious collector in the car video on the Fiat Dino. Oh yeah! And I said, "Oh, what great timing!" Because I've got uh, I've got an engine out of one right now. And uh, prior, you know, prior to the car, I hadn't worked on one. I was sort of just learning the ropes of the Dino itself. 
and this comes out, and I'm like, well, this is just this is just spot on for me at this moment. It's just great. So I really enjoy those videos. Uh, they're always insightful, and and it's a good way for me to continue studying the cars uh, and. Uh, be able to kick back and relax for a little bit. Oh, great. I love Petrolicious as well. It's really fun to hear the stories about the owners and the cars, but see them in action. So that's a, a great website. I hope to have the uh, gentleman who runs that site on Cars Yeah soon. This might be a good introduction for me to uh, tell him that we spoke about his site on the show. Is there a book that you've <laughs> recently read that you really enjoyed that you could share with us? Uh, a book I read that was incredibly influential and uh really answered, a, not, it didn't answer questions, but it confirmed a lot of thoughts I had about the industry I'm in and, and, and what I do for a living, and that is, it's called Shop Class as Soulcraft by Matt, Matthew Crawford. Oh, uh, yes. Familiar with that book. It's a great book. I mean, he went from a very, uh, a very successful uh, businessman and, and decided that he was just going to open up his uh, motorcycle shop and fix motorcycles. The reflections that he has for working in that industry and the business and and then also how he continues to elaborate on how this the shop environment is important towards uh, development of an individual is is really just hit it hit it home for me and that I really enjoyed that book yeah, I did too. That was a great book, very insightful. I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these resources that Adam has shared with us today at carsyeah.com slash Adam Hammer. Just type Adam into the search bar and his show notes page will pop up and you can find links to everything he shared with us today. So Adam, now we're at the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy as you were talking about Duesenbergs early in the show. If you could only have one collector car in your garage and something you couldn't sell to buy other cars with, and money was no object, what would that car be, and why did you choose it? There you go again with another tough one. Well, if it um, was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? <laughs> You're absolutely right. Probably fall back on uh, the Duesenberg again. The Duesenberg SJ, you know, long wheelbase, long, big, powerful, embodied. Um, you know, there's really nothing else like it in my mind. Nothing at all. What are some of the attributes? And you mentioned some earlier, but if that it's a car you got to live with the rest of your life, what is it about that car that just hits every one of your notes? It's an engineering masterpiece. Dual overhead cam, you know, was rather early for the time. The uh, ignition system, you know, where your, your uh, spark advance was at the on the wheel at the all your controls are sort of at your finger fingertips, plus the you know self lubricating uh Beezer system racing pedigree that that Duesenberg had at the time with the Marmon meteor you know I think all of that to me just plays into it was big and powerful but at the same time luxurious uh something that very wealthy individuals would own and take their family to the city and and uh all of that kind of stuff it was just uh they're incredibly uh, well-engineered vehicles. Masterful works of art. And I think it's great you're the first person who's answered that doozy of a question with a Duesenberg. So I was wondering who was going to be the first. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Adam, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I really have enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us and 
You're at the beginning of your career, and we wish you the greatest success as you've taken your passion by the horns, or by the wheel, I should say, and and taken off and started your own business. I really commend you for that. If you could give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Duesenberg, and then let them know what's the best way for them to learn more about you and your business, and then we'll say goodbye. For me, the element that that drives me every day is my passion for automobiles. The passion that for success, the passion to build these masterful pieces of art continues to just drive what I do every day. Uh, you know, my advice to anybody, older or younger, is to, is to find the passion in your life and and go for it and and do whatever needs to be done to make that happen. And what's the best way for our listeners to find out more about you and your business? The easiest way is to go and find my website, www.hammeranddolly.com. Other ways would be on Facebook. And if you're at any concours, uh, you may see me uh, escorting a car around the show field or something like that. Please be on the lookout. I'm looking forward to meeting uh, all of you out there. And I'll remind our listeners again that you can find all the links and a link to Adam's website at carsyad.com slash Hammer. And I would encourage you to check out his website, look at the projects that he's working on, go back and visit often. And when you see him on the show field, walk up and shake his hand and say, hey, I heard you on Cars Yeah. Adam, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time today. I know you've had a very busy, hectic day today. And for sharing your expertise with our listeners and your experiences. Until we talk again, we'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.